It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Blagranas podcast. My name is Josh Sutter. Today, we are going to do just a bit of recap on uh, the last week of Manchester, Manchester, what, what, uh, the last week of Barcelona news and bits uh, from the Manchester United match to the Almeria loss and the Real Madrid win. And then we're going to do a bit of uh, just kind of uh, a spin around the world, uh, if you may, before the weekend of football. Uh, Barcelona have a match this weekend against Valencia. We'll talk a few minutes about. But first, let's talk uh, about the last week in Barcelona land. The loss to Manchester United stinks. Uh, I went on the Busby Bay podcast, the SB Nation's Manchester United pod, to to talk about the match. Manchester United, uh, no matter where, like how you look at it right now, are one of the, they're one of the you know two or three best teams in England on the day and honestly they're one of the best teams in Europe right now and playing them without your two best midfielders with a Robert Lewandowski that seems to have trouble despite all the goals uh very similar to how Erling Holland is fitting it at City in my opinion a lot of goals but struggling to find consistent form outside of goals it, like he, in the run of play within their team both of those guys are having a little bit of trouble fitting in um it's not surprising i don't think uh so to to lose to united without dembele pedri or gavi i don't fault them too much for that i 
I was a little disappointed, as I think many of you probably were, with how they just looked limp in the second half. I think it was pretty predictable that they were going to take Veghorst off coming into the second half and play a little bit of a quicker match. Uh, and Barcelona just couldn't keep up. Um, I don't even want to talk about the loss to Almeria. Uh, that was... I mean, the fact that they had a chance to... Uh, to go, I, th- I think it was 10 points after the Atletico draw against uh, against Real Madrid. And Barcelona just looked terrible. Like, it was the worst loss all season, or it was the worst performance all season. 73% of the possession, one shot on target. Very, uh, very Spain under Luis Enrique at the World Cup stats there. Uh, Almeria had four shots on target, despite only having 27% of the possession. Just a brutal match. Uh, thankfully, because they have been pretty consistent in La Liga other than that, uh, it doesn't hurt them a ton. Again, Real just gained one point, so it's a seven-point lead right now. I feel good about their chances in La Liga, uh, especially given how injured they are right now. Hopefully that injury luck, uh, they get a bit more of that in the next couple months. I think the... And I mean, goodness, like kind of talking, you know, I, I didn't do a pod last week, but like when the Fati news came out at first, it was just like, dude, thankfully that ended up not being a big deal. He came on in the Classico yesterday, which was cool. Uh, still c- concerned about his uh, his future at Barcelona, but for the time being, at least he wasn't hurt. Let's talk about something fun. Uh, Barcelona beating Real Madrid in the Bernabeu, without Pedri, without Dembele, without Lewandowski. Uh, if I had told you that our attackers were going to be Ferran Torres, Rafinha, and Gavi going up, uh, if, I, honestly, even Frank Kessie moving up in some weird situations, especially for the for the own goal, uh, I would not have felt confident. The, the, the defense saved them here. Like, they were set up so well. Uh, I've loved seeing uh, Araujo dominating Vinicius. Everybody loves that as a Barcelona supporter. The The surprising thing to me was how just, honestly, how bad Real Madrid looked. Uh, they had 65% of the possession, 13 shots, zero on target. They just did not create chances in the final third, and that's just Barcelona's defense, uh, despite the absence of Andreas Christensen and the insertion of... Uh, uh, Marcus Alonso, which shocked me. I was very surprised to see him over Eric Garcia, and I think that, uh, that kind of points to Eric Garcia's future, as Renato discusses in his four winners and two losers from the win. That pretty much paints the picture for Eric Garcia's future at Barcelona. Like, if he can't get in this side when Christensen's out, uh, that's pretty, pretty clear as to his future. I did find it fascinating that uh, I or I find it interesting in general when Xavi chooses which of his center backs will play right back on the day, whether it's uh, Kunde or Araujo, and they were just I mean they were excellent. Uh, even Alonso was winning aerial duels like they they looked the back line was sublime, and that's the word that Renato also used to describe Frankie De Jong. He was great, and just like he was in uh, in moments in the tie against Manchester United. Frankie de Jong can be one of the best midfielders in the world, 
having him, Pedri, and Gavi on this team is incredible. Frank Kessie was great. Uh, he wasn't as like, I don't know, when he plays well, it's not as obvious as when Frankie plays well. But this is kind of the perfect the perfect environment for him to play. I, I don't know how I feel about him long-term. Obviously, Sergio Busquets is not going to be at the club probably even next year. But uh, the way that Barcelona needed to play this match was physical in the air. And Frank Kessi and Sergio Busquets were really good in that. Uh, Frank even was... I'm saying Frank. I think it's Frank Kessi. I, I don't know. The pronunciation fool strikes again in me. Um, but when Kessie was going forward, that was the thing that surprised me the most was how effective he was at that. Overall, just a really, really good performance. I I was surprised by it. Uh, I really thought that the refs were going to kind of do Barcelona in with that goal review and they were going to say somehow Rafinha was involved and that it was offside. But they didn't. So that's fun. Uh, the double dreams are still alive. We could still win La Liga, still win the Copa del Rey. That would be awesome. And two more Clásicos coming up over the next few weeks. Obviously, the second leg of the Copa del Rey. And then a big match in the league. Uh, they play Valencia coming up this weekend. Let me look at the upcoming schedule real quick. I want to say they have a little break after the Valencia match, which is nice. Uh, they do. They have a full seven days off after the Valencia match. And then, uh, and then you have the two two classicos in a couple of weeks. Overall, this episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You know, not the, not the few weeks you'd want losing to United, losing to Almeria, but they're, they're riding the ship, given some of the injury concerns. As I talked about, uh, or as I talked about, like everyone heard this, um, if you happen to listen to the Busby Bay podcast, one of the conversation kind of things we talked about was Chavi. And I don't know how, probably some of the same concerns a lot of you have where I don't really understand how he, how he manages big games a lot of times. This, this Real Madrid match was, I don't want to say an anomaly, like I'm not giving him credit but I think he got lucky that Marcus Alonso was good. Uh, and I'm not saying he was dealt the best hand of cards given some of the injury problems. But when he is forced to make adjustments, as in when something in the first half isn't working, or particularly in the second leg against Manchester United, when you know the opposing manager is going to drastically change things up after the first 45 minutes, and you need to counteract that adjustment. I still don't know. I still have my doubts about Xavi. And I think that's probably because, or it's not probably, it is likely due to the fact he's such a young manager, right? He does not have the reps like an Eric Ten Hag has. He doesn't have the reps, obviously, like someone like Carlo Ancelotti has. 
So I think his mid-game adjustments are something that are still concerning. Uh, it's not going to hurt Barcelona as much in the league as it will like in a Copa del Rey. Like Real Madrid being down 1-0 going into the Camp Nou is no, no big deal for them. They love being down. Although against Barcelona, for some reason, they just seem to... Barcelona, I think, have the 2-1 edge in Clasicos this season with two more to go. So that's kind of the the thoughts I had on uh, the last week and a half, I guess, of Barcelona action. I feel good about the chances in the league. For whatever reason, when it comes to league play, their defense is just stout, and hopefully the, the stout defensive play holds up in the second leg at the Camp Nou against Real Madrid. So doing a bit of uh, European football chat heading into the weekend, because I know we're all football fans here, right? We don't just only love Barcelona, we love football. Uh, some pretty fun matches this weekend. Nothing, I, I think probably the biggest the biggest matchup is happening today, uh, like probably right after this podcast is posted in Germany uh, with Dortmund and Leipzig. Leipzig had a nice 1-1 draw against City in the Champions League, but really the reason this matchup is so big is obviously because of the league in Germany right now is actually tight for the first time in decades. Bayern and Dortmund are level and uh, Leipzig is four points behind in fourth place. So Dortmund have a chance at home to kind of keep pace with Bayern here. And of course, since City gave Bayern uh, one of the best fullbacks in the world, Bayern have looked really good. Jao Cancelo has helped them kind of spread the pitch and do a lot of things that they seemed to have trouble with before his his arrival. So it's going to be hard to keep up with Bayern. Like you would still say Bayern are the favorites because of the squad depth, but it is nice to have a title race in Germany. Uh, we do not have a title race in Italy. So the Napoli-Lazio match today just doesn't matter. Napoli are probably going to win 3-0 like they seem to win everything. And then in England over the weekends, uh, the both our Arsenal has Bournemouth, which should be... Arsenal have had a habit of making, of making some matches just more difficult than they need to, uh, although beating Everton 4-0 was nice for them. City have uh, Newcastle, who have not looked the same over the recent fun of, uh, run of matches. So again, the title race in England is fascinating to watch because City, for whatever reason, are just having trouble finding their footing like they have the last couple of years. Uh, not having Jao Cancelo stinks. For whatever reason, Kevin De Bruyne is struggling. Not struggling, but uh, he didn't even get picked to go to Leipzig in the first leg. He wasn't even in the squad. So strange stuff happening at City. And those are kind of the big things to watch out for around Europe. The uh, the start of the MLS season kicked off in America, so there you go. There's that. And probably the, the most entertaining match of the weekend, just from a neutral's perspective, is we have Liverpool against United on Sunday. Not a lot of implications for the league, although Liverpool has quietly snuck up to sixth place, uh, which is interesting because given some of their run of, their run of matches, it's, they actually have a chance at top four, which is kind of crazy. Uh, United are currently, uh, what are they, like six points off a of city with a match in hand. So big match for them. And of course, it's a rivalry match. So how can you not love that? It's at Anfield. It's great. And as long as Liverpool don't go up 2-0 within 15 minutes against Real Madrid, they've looked pretty good recently. A lot of good matches. Next week, Champions League is back. And this week, we have Barcelona against Valencia, another big Liga matchup for Xavi's club. All right. I think that's about all I got. I don't think there's any news bits I missed. Let me look at this real quick just to see. 
yeah, that's kind of it. I, it is worth noting Soji Busquets broke the Classico appearance record, which is really cool, 46 um, appearances in Classicos, which is great for Soji Busquets. So everybody, thanks for listening to the podcast. Be sure to subscribe, and I will talk to you next time. Bye.